Welcome to the Purple Rock Survivor Podcast, where we're once again in mourning. Uh, we're talking about Worlds Apart episode, I think it's 10 at this point. I don't know, it will forever be remembered as the episode where Shireen went home. But I would also like to welcome the rest of you who are listening to the season that Mike is going to win. Andy, are you excited for the season that Mike is going to win? Hey, I went on record a couple weeks ago saying that he was 80% chance of winning. Some people thought I was being bold. I have no regrets. In fact, I think that number might be a little low. But, you know, obviously a big thing's happened last night. People are thinking about you, and I just want to be the first to congratulate you, John. You got your prediction of last week. You said Shereen was going home, and you were right. So congratulations on getting another prediction right. Hey, thanks. No need to salt that wound any further. Yeah, I think you're right. That was enough. And before we get into that, I think we should start with what was the best part of the episode, and probably the best part of the last couple episodes. Every Shireen confessional? Sure. <laughs> but she, uh, did she have a lot of confessionals last night? I don't even remember. Um, uh, but no, Tribal Council, that, that, that was something, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, particularly because it felt like, you know, in this quote-unquote super fan season it felt like mike learned from malcolm's mistakes obviously you remember malcolm and caramoan having two idols playing them both at the same tribal council to take out philip for reasons that weren't entirely clear and essentially just wasting them and playing them very poorly mike on the other hand i think nailed this what do you think yeah, I think, yeah, the only question like, did Mike play this really well or did he play it perfectly? Yeah. And I'm leaning closer to perfectly. Um, obviously, like, maybe the outcome wasn't everything he wanted, but it had to be pretty close, you know. Uh, a slightly better outcome would have been everything that happened but Shereen not going home, you know. Right. And that was probably not possible. Uh, I mean, it was it was low risk. That was that would have been a nice thing. The goal was to flush out where the possible divisions are, so that he can use that to work with in the future. And that's what we got. Uh, so let's uh, take this kind of step by step. So, what did you think of Mike surprising everyone with the idol play then and there, as opposed to telling them, say, before they got to tribal council or anything like that? Yeah, that's the time to do it. You want to flash the idol just because you know. The long shot chance that you actually do save Shireen is worth it. But also, you know, you can say to Dan all you want, listen, you're on the bottom. But until he actually starts getting votes thrown against him in a panic at Tribal Council, he's not going to believe you. So it worked out well, and that's, I think, exactly what Mike wanted to happen. Yeah, I think uh, we've seen lately that people know how to combat idols if you give them the time to deal with them. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that a bit more with a listener uh, mail question we've got, but yeah, like idols haven't been as successful at save, you know, their express purpose lately of saving people uh, by removing their votes. Now, I, this season it actually has happened. So, but where the power is is other added benefits. It's possible that it never saves Mike from a vote this season. Although I'm pretty sure it will. Uh, but uh, yeah, what you can do is you can throw people off the game. But only if you have some level of surprise. If they would have, like, before going to Tribal Council, say, gone to Dan, and it's like, I got an idol. That was a terrible mic impression. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm no Rodney. Um, but yeah, tell, tell him Dan that he has an idol, and that, you know, he's using it to pressure him to flip in the way that Ewell did uh, way back when. 
I think Dan can probably just take that to his alliance and they come up with a plan B. And the plan B might just be simply, he's not playing that idol for Shireen, and then just call his bluff. Right. Which, to a lot of their credit, they figured out on the spot. So instead, yes, you pull the element of surprise, and you don't give them time to scramble. You don't give, you know, two of them time to decide who is the easiest person to put safety votes on. And maybe, by pulling out a surprise, you could get talking out loud. Sounds like that was actually stopped from happening. So maybe his timing would have been better if he would have done it maybe not at the last minute. But mostly you want to give them as little time as possible to plan on this because then maybe you actually are successful and Shireen stays and divisions are laid. But I kind of think in some ways that it was better that, for instance, four people didn't just vote for Tyler because while that would have been great that Tyler went home, you don't have the divisions to work with next week. It's just the next five people are that much more angry at you. Right. Whereas in this, yeah, the two votes going Dan's way could set up Mike very nicely. Well, potentially. We'll get into that when we get into predictions and strategies for next week. And as much as it pains me to say this, he made the right move by not playing it for Shireen. I know there's a lot of people on Team Shireen who were pissed that he didn't save her. But if even Shireen and myself are saying that he shouldn't have saved her... I'm pretty confident he did the right thing there. Yeah, I I always love when people are like that. It just shows, you know, the passion that people can have for a survivor. And they try to couch it in some kind of, you know, BS. This is bad strategy. Yeah. It's like, no, you're projecting your own wants and desires onto people who you don't have wants and desires for. Mike's goal in Survivor isn't keeping Shireen. It's keeping himself. Right. And by having this idol, he'll be able to do that at least once. And then we're no longer at a point in the game where having one ally is going to flip the game for him. Shireen being there next week isn't suddenly like, yeah, hey, now I've taken over by taking out one of them. It would just be a five on two as opposed to six on two. So, yeah, that, no, like, it would have been nice to save Shireen. Definitely pull the bluff, you know, give it a shot. But after that, you just have to find out if your bluff worked. You don't have to pull it back up or not. No. And the blindside thing might have been nice, but what, what he really needs is to get control of a, a vote or two. So, Save it for when you really need to play it. Yeah, it's Malcolm. It's Malcolm. He, they got rid of Philip, and then Malcolm's on the bottom Exactly, again. yeah. And now he doesn't have an idol to save himself, you know? So, yeah, and to give some fair credit to Malcolm, because I think some people like to rewrite it, like, oh, he totally screwed that up. One, he was working with some of the stupidest alliance partners of all time. True. Two, he found that idol, like, an hour before going to Tribal Council, so not a whole lot of time of planning. And three... He really didn't want to play his idol. He was trying to bluff too, and the other team called his bluff. Yep. Which might, um, maybe that speaks to the argument of why it was good for Mike to wait at the very last second. Because they didn't have time for them to all go around and then, you know, and Eric to pop up and say, hey, let's vote for him anyway. Yeah, and this is what I was saying, is he learned from Malcolm's mistakes. Yeah. Uh, what did you think about him calling the shot that, uh, you know, you guys should vote for Tyler, Shireen's going to vote for Tyler, but I'm going to vote for one of you guys. Yeah. So this is what we were saying is, did he play it well or did he play it perfectly? This is the thing that points it towards perfectly. Because you're sending a signal that, okay, here's the thing. If I play this, this idol, it's going to come down to two people unless you all turn on each other right now. It's either going to end up as a tie vote between Tyler and one of you that I've selected at random and I'm not telling you. And are you confident that it's not going to be you? And then it gets to a tiebreaker, and you're just going to have to pick which one of you two are going home anyway. So I think a lot of people come into a tribal council, like, if they feel safe 
that sudden switch from feeling safe to feeling threatened is enough to motivate someone to make a stupid mistake. Yeah, now suddenly all those people have skin in the game. Right. You know, uh, if you just say, hey, Tyler is going to go home when I play this, you, know, you might get a few people going like, well, see you later, Tyler. Yeah, I'm not Tyler. I'm going to vote you out at some point anyway. Yeah. yeah. And thus, yeah, cracks aren't exposed. Um, no, I was perfect. And I think it was also good that he didn't actually do that, that that was a bluff too, because then it upped the chances that Tyler was going home because now Tyler had two. And if just one person would have flipped over to Tyler as well, then... You know, Shireen might stay and that person goes, depending on what... Yeah, depending on who the voter was that switched, yeah. Yeah, or if, you know, one person goes that way and then another person goes for somebody else, which is the other goal. Uh, So, yeah, no, I thought that was perfect. You don't give them the security. And again, as you say, learning from Malcolm, I think a lot of people there were like, okay, it can be Philip, that's all right. That's fine. As long as it's not you, it's a little less threatening, you know? It's like, oh, we're going to lose someone from our alliance. On the other hand, we're not losing me. Yeah. And, like, that's why you saw in uh, Blood vs. Water where Jervis is like, yeah, let's go to rocks. Well, of course, he was immune. He yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's only when you have no fear whatsoever that you're like, yeah, this plan is great. So, yeah, I thought that was great. And then the last thing that I loved that Mike did is after those assholes all you know, give their round of applause for Shireen, the big threat, being finally taken out and, you know, rubbing the salt in one more time. He puts his stuff to that real quick. He's like, Dan still got some votes. Yep. I think this was, you know, it was a Pyrrhic victory for them. Yeah, they, they won. Uh, they called his bluff and Shireen goes home. But now let's remind you, cause Dan was one of the people that was applauding cause he's an asshole, right? Yep. Uh, all of a sudden like, hey Dan, guess what I've been saying about you? It was a couple, and now he gets to go back and is like, guess what Dan, those two votes, one of them wasn't me. Yeah, exactly. Although, who knows if Dan will believe him. I tend to believe But the beauty of it is the two, right? If it's one. Yes, exactly. So if it's one, then you're not as scared if you're Dan. You're like, all right, well, my alliance held. But now that there's two. And then you say one person voted for Tyler or something. But it's like, there's enough there that even if he doesn't still believe Mike, he knows somebody picked him out there. Right. And I don't know about you, but I don't think Dan is the type of person to just be like, that's cool. Oh, man. We'll get to predictions next week. I have a very good idea of what's going to happen. Based on, actually, my Hype Man preview that I've completely disavowed. (laughs) But yeah, like, so Mike played him perfect, and then it worked out even better than he could have planned. Because if it's two votes on Rodney, it might not matter, right? Like, I don't know if Mike can work with Rodney going forward. But, and, you know, if it's on Sierra... That's somebody he could work with, but she doesn't have as much power, and she might just be like, whatever, because that's kind of how she's been. But Dan? Dan, I don't think he's going to take that so well, as you, you know, as we'll discuss. And then, he's the guy who has one more vote unbeknownst to Mike, exactly. so this worked out perfect yes. for him. And really, losing Shireen? Not that big a deal. Uh, she's an, He now has four guaranteed votes right in there on the jury. Shireen's probably just going to advocate for him. And really, she was kind of a lightning rod anyway. I'm not sure how much of a coalition and alliance Mike was going to be able to build with uh, Shireen there, given the people that he needs to build it with. I just got a tweet from Shireen. That's very weird. Crazy timing. Anyway, sorry. (laughs) Your ears must be twitching. Uh, But yeah, like I I don't think Dan's working with Shireen. uh, We saw how well that would work. So, yeah, this is great. So, as you say, Mike's winning this season, Survivor. 
I know it, you know it. Like, I'm at 90% now, maybe. Just in the sense that I still feel like there's a chance, as we discussed last week, that maybe the season just sucks. Yeah, um, to the people, though, that think that Mike's not winning, have you actually watched this season? Because the, the four votes that are on the jury are going to Mike. So Mike needs, at the very least, one more vote to win. And I think pretty much anybody from this group that he puts on the jury is going to vote for him. So really, the question is not whether Mike's going to win, is will it be unanimous? Or will someone throw a pity vote to someone to get second place to, you know, intentionally force someone into third? Yeah. I think the worry and the concern is it still looks like long odds if you were watching this as a like a live proceedings, right? He still has to be immune like four times uh, to get to the final tribal council with a whole team there uh, going up against him. So, yeah, that's hard. It's not impossible, especially like have you seen the people he's going up against? Yeah, there actually, there was a Carolyn confessional tonight, and I actually turned to my wife and I went, oh my god, did you see that? Carolyn was just on TV. But I think it's even different than that. She wasn't on TV. They cut to a voiceover of her leading into commercial. Yes. So it's like, yeah, because they allowed her to explain, I don't know, I think it was maybe winning the reward or something like that. Who knows what it was. But they still couldn't stomach showing her talk. Like, this, <laughs> this show is not interested in giving us a Carolyn any edit, much less a winner edit. And she's someone who's in a good position and has an idol. If this were a live scenario, if we were watching Big Brother, I don't think it's hard to construct an argument that she's in the best position at this exact moment in the game. And yet, we know she's not. Yeah, it's like, people who are still suggesting her are either A, just think that, you know, Survivor's just not going to show a woman win uh, very much, or B, just willfully trying to pretend like this isn't a, a television show edited to tell a story. The only story we've been fed at this point is Mike is awesome and is fighting all of these awful people. Even people that aren't even necessarily that awful are kind of being painted with the awful brush as obstacles for which Mike needs to overcome. Well, Carolyn, if she was going to win, how easy would it be to make a winner's edit for her? She's, you know, she's got an idol. She's got an alliance going with Tyler that she's keeping hidden. She does great in challenges. But she's, yeah, she's an old lady that's yes. like, like a boss out there. Yeah, it's and they don't care. They don't care at all. Yes. And thank you. Thank you for not caring. I don't care. I don't care either. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. No, like, so how does Mike get there? Uh, I, we, I laid out a bit of a case last week. I think you know, last week I said I think Dan might be in play, and now I think, yeah, Dan's in play. Now he is, uh, yeah. <laughs> we just saw what made him be in play. And I think what will probably expose it more, as we saw from the previews, you know, he blows up at people. I wonder if Tyler lets it slip that he knows that Dan had that extra vote. I think it's possible. Obviously, he's already told Carolyn. He might involve the other people in his alliance. Really, all it'll take is just him saying, no, let's, we have to go for Dan. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Dan might totally be in play, which might bring Sierra in play. So now all of a sudden, Mike might not even have to win the next immunity. So that might be one. Uh, Although he this, has an idol. This is all entirely dependent on Dan being willing to use that advantage that he has. Yeah. Uh, and look, if he's angry enough, and if he feels now like, I need to do something now to win because clearly uh, bringing me along is not the intention of the people I was allied with, I think this would be the time he would do it. Um, 
I think one thing that would make it easier for Mike is actually winning the next immunity. Uh, then I think people would, yeah, want to work with him quick. Yeah, you have to. Suddenly, yeah. So, and if he wins this one, he might not need to win the next two. Right. Like this might be the break he needs in the game, and then it all falls into place there. He plays his idol once. And then he gets to a final four against some of the most pathetic people that survivors ever had this deep in the game. Uh, it's not as insurmountable a task as, you know, I would normally expect because you and I are the people that suggest that, you know, immunity runs are not really a thing that happened that much right now. Right. They're things that just so easily can be torn asunder by something as simple as shuffleboard. But for one, Mike, is a multi-tool player when it comes to challenges. He hasn't just been good at one thing or another thing. I think the things that he is less good at have already happened. I don't think we're in for another balance challenge at this point. Um, he seems okay at the puzzles. You know, obviously some of it is because he could, you know, copy Joe, but <laughs> in some of the group ones, he's done okay. And none of the people left have necessarily shone in that area either. So I don't see how it would be that difficult for him. And here's another thing, and it skips a bit ahead to something I plan to discuss a little later. I don't think the show is um, beyond helping him (laughs) a little bit. Oh, so you are one of the conspiracy theorists crowd. Uh, Here's where my conspiracy theory goes, is that um, I think they can shuffle challenges around. Mm -hmm. I think they can adjust challenges. I don't think they do it necessarily to help one person win. Well, let, um, let's go ahead and discuss that then, because we were going to get yeah. to this anyway. There's there's a prevailing conspiracy theory that the timing on this two immunity challenge was very fishy at best. Uh, so, are you lending credence to that to that argument? I think it's the the argument that it's fishy is uh, perfectly acceptable. That's where I'm at. I'm like, I'm not saying that they did this just to you know protect the two underdogs. But I'm not saying they didn't either. <laughs> yeah, it's one and, of those things like, I'm not saying it was rigged. But if you were going to rig it, this is what you would do. Yeah, and look, the evidence exists that they've done this in the past where the, with this specific type challenge. This exact challenge. Yeah, they've given a man one, woman one. Here's the thing. They haven't done it this late into the season. That's one strike against it. Yep. Two is just like, I don't know if... This challenge really warrants it. Yeah, because uh, uh, they already have the equalizer with the weight. Now, yes, men are more likely to have upper body strength. That's how our bodies are built. But, you know, they don't give out another immunity necklace for balance challenges or, like, put your hands on tiny holes of the feet. Sometimes it's just like, well, you'll have to be a pretty excellent man to win this one or you'll have to be a pretty excellent woman. Like, Carolyn, I think, could have beaten Rodney. Like, I think there's a good chance that Carolyn would have finished second in this. Um, even if it weren't gender split. I don't think she was going to beat Mike. Uh, but that's more about Mike, Mike-ness than it is about his maleness. <laughs> right. So, like, I don't think this challenge screams out, we got to give two immunity necklaces, and the timing is a little hanky. Here's my thing, is that Survivor can do this. They can throw little things. They can, you know, throw a knot-tying challenge when Abby Maria is the only person left uh, on the other side. They can, you know, put some strength ones. They cannot have something that would not favor an underdog that could maybe throw a puzzle at the end of a strength challenge if you want to you know, believe what Tony was telling us that he's like that season was not set up for a brawn to win because every single challenge had a puzzle right. at the end and hey, lo and behold the underdogs were brains yeah <laughs> um and they can do this uh for one because they're not I'm 
almost 100% positive that they are not beholden to quiz show laws. Because guess what? They're not a quiz show. In fact, they're not even a game show. And here's the other thing. You can set up something so the other person has a chance. They still have to go out there and win it. You know? Yeah. And you can give Shireen all the shots you want. I didn't think she was going to win anyway. Right. Like, oh, that's a nice twist. But she's still going to lose. I, I, I agree with you. The timing is very fishy. But this is my argument. If if you're actively intervening to try and save Shireen and keep her in the game, hide an idol for her somewhere. Don't try to make her win a challenge. I mean, she will never have, or no one will ever have odds that good outside of like a final three immunity challenge. I mean, she had a one in three chance at winning a challenge. That just doesn't happen. Uh, I mean, in most seasons, you don't even have a final two, so you wouldn't even have odds that good. So even then, she didn't win, and she needed to win. So, yeah, if you're trying to keep Shireen around, that's really not your strongest course of action. Yeah, like, I think what Survivor will do is, like, okay, we're in store, or we've been having a lot of boring episodes in a while. Let's just throw a little thing in and see if that'll cause a little bit more drama. You know, and it's not totally unfair. It's a little unfair, but I'm okay with this game being a little unfair. I'm okay with the show testing good players. Because, look, they overcame it. Shereen's gone, you know? Yep. Uh, you can, the key then is it's incumbent on the players, right? It's why, and this is a bit off topic, but whatever. Welcome to our podcast. Uh, I don't view judge sports as real sports because the judge determines victory. Right? So at best they're hyphenated sports and this, you know, so gymnastics, figure skating, whatever. It's because you can buy a judge and that judge just determines who wins. Whereas in real sports, you can buy a ref who can whistle all the fouls you want, but if you're not making buckets, you still lose. You just say that because you're a Lakers fan. The Kings <laughs> lost all those buckets. If Doug Christie can even hit a wide open shot, or if they have another player that isn't Doug Christie taking the final shot, they win. So, but that's the thing. It's like you can fix it all you want. That's like, oh, we'll give Shereen a chance to win immunity, so that we'll see what happens. But a, even if she wins, it's not like they handed her the game. They could vote him out next week, and you just lose one member. Or b, you just beat Shereen for immunity, and it's not a problem. So, I I think Survivor has license to do stuff like that, and I think they should. Because it becomes really boring television otherwise. Now, I'm not saying they did. I'm just saying that, um, to go this back to the beginning of the discussion, if you have six unlikable people uh, that have formed this mega alliance and have just done pagonging for four straight episodes, you have one really likable underdog, and almost all underdogs are likable just by nature of their underdogness on the show. Maybe you don't throw the shuffleboard challenge in there. Right. So if they did set it up, this is why I totally understand. If they have a boring season of pagonging, which it has been to this point, as as hyped as Jeff was about this season, the first four votes have been a total pagonging. They're going to catch a bunch of crap from people saying, oh, this season's so boring and predictable and we hate it. So it's a double-edged sword. If they intervene, which they may have... Then they're going to be like, oh, this isn't fair. How dare you? But if they don't do anything, then Shireen just predictably goes home. Everybody's going to be like, oh, God, this season's so boring. So, you know, I can understand if that's what they did. It's a TV show for entertainment. It's not entertaining to watch predictable outcome week after week after week. 
Yeah, and it's, a, you know, people, I think, that are really opposed to, you know, even the suggestion is, like, this is a game, it must remain pure. But it's a 13-episode game, you know? If a, a quiz show has one person just dominating, well, you know, they shoot another episode five minutes later, and it's a brand new thing, right? <laughs> Unless Ken Jennings is on that week. That's right, but hey, that's good for business. Yep. Um... Which I guess that's how Quiz Show worked. They made the one guy win all the time. But yeah. Anyway, but yeah, if you have the same thing week after week after week, that's going to be dull. Now, if Survivor was just handing these underdogs idols or, you know, helping them win or, you know, not allowing votes, then yeah, that's terrible. That would shake our entire reason of watching the game. It's why gambling in baseball is worse than steroids. Because once we feel like the game's outcome is prearranged, then there's no point in being, you know, involved in it. Unless it's pro wrestling. Um, so yeah, they can't completely cheat, but you can throw little curveballs and then just see what happens because it's still up to the players. Uh, when people say, you know, oh, you don't want to do this to anger the survivor gods or talk about survivor karma, for the most part, I scoff because, you know, I'm, I don't believe in, you know, such woohoo things. But here's where I don't completely scoff is, the survivor gods are those producers. And if you throw too many things like, hey, we've got this wrapped up, oh, nothing's going to change, then they might be like, yeah, yeah, you think so? You think you can just throw every challenge between now and there to get rid of people? Maybe not. Maybe we're going to do this to prevent you from doing that. Uh, those are the survivor gods you don't want to anger. And I do think that they are not above just adding little tweaks. And I think one of the tweaks to make the rest of the season a little more interesting will be giving challenges that Mike will have a chance. Not necessarily challenges that he can easily win every time. You're not expecting an oil drilling challenge next week? Not exactly, but, you know. If the one happens, stay woke, people. Just stay woke. <laughs> um, but more just the things that can't be just randomized. It's like, Mike will have a shot at this, and we'll see what happens. And they won't throw... Well, they don't anymore, thank God. But, you know, they won't throw in the coconut chopping one you know, oh, where he'd have God. no chance. So yeah, I do think I, I'm not. Yeah, if that makes me a tinfoil hat person, then it doesn't. You're just being too sensitive. Uh, so yeah, I do think that's what happened. I think they were like, "Oh man, it's obvious what's happened. They, we've had three straight votes of Paganging. Let's just see. Let's just see." And yeah, it was nice. Like like you were spoiled a bit, right? You knew that that was going to be the challenge just from like earlier commercials. Or yeah, something. I saw the preview of what the challenge was going to be, and it showed Jeff saying a man and a woman, and I was like, oh, I see what's happening. That that tweak your interest? Were you like like oh cool, I have a shot here? I mean, I said last week, and it it wasn't entirely a reverse jinx. I just thought it made sense given the pagonging we'd already seen that Shireen would be the one to go home. So. I did get a just a tiny shred of hope I allowed myself when I saw that. And I'm like, you know, she's not good at challenges, but she's never going to have better odds than this. Maybe she can do it when she knows her ass is on the line. Yeah, and I think that's why they do it. Because yeah. otherwise, you that challenge would have no drama otherwise. Because it wouldn't really matter. Be like, maybe if you're like really you know, excited for Mike, you'd be like, I don't want him to use his idol tonight. But it's like... Otherwise, you're like, you're like, well, Shereen's never winning, so one of those two is going home. Right. And it's not Mike because he has an idol, so this entire thing is a farce that it doesn't yes, matter. Yes, exactly. Uh, whereas, in introducing that possibility, you're like, ooh, I don't know if Shereen's going to win. It's there, and there's some interest, and then Sierra drops out right away, which was shocking. I was like, oh, and then, maybe. Then it's like 50-50 odds, and you're going, you know, again, she's not a challenge beast, but... 
She's more motivated. Maybe a bug flies on Caron's eye. Like, you never know. Things happen. Yeah. So, and that's what I'm getting at. Like, they will do, I think they will do things like that, and I think they should. Um, all right. So, Shireen went home, man. Oh. How are you? How you doing? <laughs> I, I think, like I said, I've been bracing myself for it for a week. I, I legitimately did believe after last week's episode that the writing was very clearly on the wall. So I had a a lot of time to prepare for this. So, like I said, I did have that brief glimmer of hope when I saw the two immunity necklaces. But once that challenge ended, all hope was gone. Uh, I didn't even entertain the thought that Mike would play the idol for her. Even after he pulled it out and threatened that he would, I was like, no, I don't think Mike is dumb enough to to play that idol. I She's gone. Unless yeah, the only question was if the yeah, they the other side just ah, yeah, and they would have had to completely screw up that vote, uh, which you know it was slim chance. So I will say though that at Shireen at Tribal Council was fantastic. Calling out Tyler was amazing. She did a great job with that, and then then pointing out to Sierra that you know if you can't pull votes, that maybe shows that you're not in a power position in in that alliance. Beautiful thing. Like, she said all the right things and just fell on deaf ears. Personally, it was funny to me just because as a viewer, we know that what she's telling them actually probably isn't even total bullshit. Like, she really will be just a number for you if you need it. And she's really not a threat to win immunity. And Sierra really is on the bottom of that alliance. So it's kind of funny to watch her actually make a case that is in her mind probably bullshit, but is in reality pretty true. Yeah, like, the one thing that was BS was that I could never win, and I think she knew that, and we knew that. I wonder how many of the other side knew that, because it seemed like everybody she talked about, talked to, accepted the premise yeah. that Shireen would never win. Now, I could just be Sierra and Dan, who are not creative thinkers. It's possible that, say, a Tyler was able to look over, it's like, yeah, no, she still is dangerous, you know? Yeah. If only to our own, you know, unity of the six, which benefits me and less so the others. Uh, but yeah, no, I thought she did well. And last week was kind of the same deal. We ended the last episode trying to cheer people up with a path. And it was like, we, we talked about, uh, Shireen's jury chances, which suddenly looked very not good. We talked about how she could carry along as a, you know, a, a, a perceived goat. But the one thing we never were able to get past is how she got out of this episode. Right. <laughs> yeah, and that was the thing. is like, if you could get through this episode, she had a shot. But I didn't see a way that she gets through this episode, and she didn't. So Yeah, and I think it actually came as close as it was possible. If, yes. If Mike's play, which was, you know, brilliantly done, just worked just a tiny bit better than, than it was there. But, you know, the only level of credit I want to give those other people is they knew to call the bluff. Um, and I think I'm done giving them credit. So, uh, the big question I have, uh, when it was happening is a lot of the season, you know, as I've been like saying, you know, I don't think she's ever winning or, you know, she has a hundred percent, zero percent chance of winning. You're like, huh? why would they be showing all this? She's being set up for an underdog run. Um, and I just kind of felt like, I think they're just showing it because these people are awful and you can't cut it out of the episode. <laughs> like the will thing you couldn't cut out for one, it would have just been irresponsible. Yeah. Like, oh, 
You know, like, he was a perfectly nice person. What are you saying? But also, like, that episode makes no sense unless you show that contradiction. Right. It makes no sense that Shireen puts up her hand to deny him that. It makes no sense what they talk about at tribal councils. So, right. Like, that element had to be there. And it's like, yeah, I think they also enjoy making Dan, like, look like an idiot. So. <laughs> uh, but my question is, did you feel, like, did you really feel as the season progressed that, like, these were positive indicators or were you just trying to convince yourself? No, I mean, earlier on, a couple weeks ago at least, I legitimately thought, like, we're seeing all these people hating on her because in some degree she's going to get vengeance, basically. Mm -hmm. She's going to take out some of them. I didn't necessarily think she was going to win. I think I even said at the time, like, it was an uphill battle. But I I thought there would be some shred of a happy ending to her story. You know, not the, the fairy tale ending where she defeats them all and wins the million but at least some moral victory on the path you know something and we didn't even get that yeah and i think i think you were fair to think that i don't think that was just your extreme bias um often a lot of seasons it would have been that right you show people to be awful uh, and make this person sympathetic for a reason. Because they actually did, uh, like a 180 on Shoreen in the edit, right? Yes. Uh, pre-merge, she was, you know, this dorky oddity. And they made sure to show everybody having a problem with her, then interacted with her. That stopped at the merge, and, and the other side looked a lot worse. Um, the reason why I never thought that, I didn't have high hopes for her getting her comeuppance, it's just, because for the same reason that for three straight weeks we were predicting that we were getting the Rodney Boot episode and it never <laughs> happened. <laughs> like I, when I, I watched Survivor like three hours after you watched Survivor at least, because uh, of time zones and then having to deal with my family um, or my children. Yeah, it's not like I need to put the wife to bed before I watch Survivor. Uh, so then I and then so I watch and then I scroll through and you're like. This is the will, or no, the, hey, I'm enjoying the Dan Boot episode. It's like, man, he'll never learn. <laughs> You're like Charlie Brown with the football. It's not happening this season, man. But it's just like, I, I had long given up that this was the season with, you know, justice in the way that you would hope from a, you know, a different narrative. I think, yeah, there will be some level of justice, and maybe the explanation is, uh, you know, what we said. Mike's going to win this season, and I actually, as tough as this season has been lately, as bad as the interpersonal stuff has been i think the next four episodes what we got four left yeah i think they're going to be tremendous fun because i'm convinced that mike's going to win and it's only going to be more fun that he defeats these people you know (laughs) yeah hey the only thing left that i'm wondering about is okay which of these two people does he take to the end with him and like it doesn't matter no he's gonna beat all of them it's just a matter of who is getting the second and third place price money yeah I think probably the most likely is if he actually does get Sierra and Dan to come back with him, then just ride with those guys. Don't bother voting them out. Um, because then he gets to still look like the nice guy, right? Sometimes, like, some people get overly concerned. It's like, oh, Kim needs to vote out Sabrina so she can take a goat like, uh, uh, <laughs> Christina. Nope, doesn't and matter. It's like, no, no, no. It doesn't matter. And really, that would only take a shine off of Kim's halo. She can beat anybody. Yep. So why have one more layer of betrayals that somebody can wave back in her face as, you know, hypocrisy? That could be the same thing with Mike. And he can just be like, hey, I did this, and I was always honest to these people, and I tried, blah, blah, blah. You know you guys were against me. So, yeah. Um, last topic on Shireen. Until we possibly maybe someday see her again. I don't know. I could have it. I don't know. 
Uh, how good at Survivor was she? <laughs> You're asking me to be objective about Shireen? Well, that's the other question. Can you actually be objective? <laughs> uh, I will do my best. Uh, I think I've been, despite admitting my biases, I've been fairly realistic about her chances, I think, as we've gone through. Um, like I said, I didn't put her as my prediction to go home last week, at least entirely as a reverse jinx. Uh, I can at least objectively say that at challenges, her ceiling is mediocrity. Like, she is clearly below average at challenges, which has never bothered me in rooting for players. But socially, I just got kind of a vibe of, like, Cochrane in South Pacific, where it reached the point that those first impressions were strong enough that it didn't matter what she did. She was already the scapegoat and it was just piling on and everyone hated her more and more, no matter what she said. Um, obviously what, whatever she did in the beginning didn't bother me, but you're dealing with the hand that you're dealt and the people that you have to play with. So they didn't like it. Yeah. And I think that's fair. I think like once she dug herself a hole, she was never getting out of it. It followed her to the other tribe. Um, both because I think Carolyn uh, yeah, was excited to let it, but also because after dealing with people that abrasive, um, I don't know if she was ever in a comfort zone. She, was, she wasn't in a comfort zone at the beginning when she was just too excited about everything. And then, yeah, like, socially, she was not good at Survivor amongst this group or at all. I think, I'm not saying she could never be, again... Maybe possible she could come back sometime. We don't know anything. Um, and we legit don't. We don't know who's coming back or if they're, well, we know, eh, anyway. Uh, she just has no chill. And that's, uh, you know, deadly. Even if she has a strategy, as you were pointing out, and I will, I will allow this because I've been, I think, the fairly fair, fair and balanced one. <laughs> yeah, you're fair and balanced in the Fox News sense where you're biased in the other direction. Uh, only to, you know, bother you. Yes. But in true, like, I, I like Shireen better than most of the other people out there, too. <laughs> she was able to identify what was going on in the game quite often. She was able to suggest good counter strategies that were beneficial not just to herself, but to others. Right. Strategically is where she shined. That was her strength in the game. I mean, it pained me that she didn't try for the advantage at the auction, but I completely understand her reasoning, and I agree with it for why she didn't. I mean, she knew... That's going to put a target on my back. Uh, I've got this thing going now where I'm I'm terrible at immunity challenges. Why would I want immunity idol or an advantage when right now I'm not a threat? So I totally understood that, even though it would pain me to watch. And like I said earlier at the tribal council thing, when she's laying out the exact strategic reasons for keeping her, they were true. It's just she didn't have those relationships to trade on. Yeah, and like at Tribal Council, obviously she already knows she's defeated, um, and she's just saying it for, you know, gratification. Not the best approach to be like, these people are stupid, they don't see my way. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not saying, and look, it's hard to play with dumb people. It just is. It's hard to work with dumb people, so I can only imagine what it's like on uh, an island somewhere. But, you know, I'm not going to pass all the bucks. I think there's something about her personality that does not integrate well in that situation. But we've seen it happen. As you say, it was Cochran. Cochran, he was right about mouth her being, uh, uh, mouth herpes and all of that, but people were like, shut up, weirdo! And, 
And he was put in the exact, like, on the other side, he might have, he would have been fine. He could have been one of Coach's zombies or whatever. That one amongst the young, shallow, terrible people, he was always going to be ostracized and he just kept making it worse. And, I mean, look, he, both of them made the merge, so it wasn't, like, undefeatable, but it was just like, it was never going to happen because they were, he, they were too excited to be at Survivor and they couldn't integrate socially. Next time around, that excitement wears off, they have a better idea, and they won't be around as many awful people. So, Fingers crossed. Yeah, so I'm not saying she could never be, but, you know, the idea that she was the next Sandra is like, nah, 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 nah. Sandra is amazing, and she can always work with anybody. Shireen ultimately was never able to work with anybody other than Max. And eventually Mike. Yes, but Mike had no more, no more options. It doesn't matter. Don't throw your qualifiers on it, Andy. She worked with Mike. She did. She she didn't keep Joe when Mike asked her. And uh, from exit interviews, it sounded like uh, Mike and Sierra told her not to go for the advantage as proof of her loyalty. So she knew when to supplement her game. Like, she knew, yeah, she isn't the super fan that doesn't know anything about Survivor. There's, that's a different person on this season. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she knew, but knowing and doing are two wildly different things. And I think in some ways it might be instructive for many of us survivor nerds that, oh, getting along with people, it's really kind of important. And I don't like doing that. Let's talk about the super fan that, uh, doesn't understand this though. Yes, do it. All right. Yeah. All right. Dan, <sighs> the editors, I, you know, remember in Kagayan, I asked you, do the editors just hate Cass? Because it felt like at every reasonable opportunity and some opportunities that were a bit of a stretch, they were just completely showing her as a hypocrite, throwing the clown shoes on her, just making her look like a total idiot. I think Dan might have her beat in that category. Oh, easily. Like, you asked me that, and I'm like, no, I actually think the editors love Cass. They're- I think they love everything she gives it. Uh, but... No, I think they hate Dan. Like, they will not... Every trick they have to show what a dumbass this guy is, they will do. And I get it. Because for a while now, for most of the season, I was posting um, stuff about the bonus videos. Last week, I wasn't able to do it because of different circumstances. Uh, this week, I haven't gotten to it. And one of the reasons is every time I have to listen to Dan freaking talk, it takes something out of me. Just listening to that guy talk drives me nuts. And it's not just because of... It's this bloviating. The way he... Everything is... I'm going to be the most interesting person ever. And I'm so fucking full of myself. It's it's exhausting. Everything about it is contrived, right? Everything. This is a guy who's been crafting this character for the past 15 years to try to get on this show. And... Yeah, if you say it's admirable, I think even in our preview, we might have like, oh, it's okay. good for him, the super fan, trying all that. The only way that somebody can go through that level of rejection that often is by supreme confidence in oneself. Uh, and the belief that everybody who does not see things your way is wrong and you are right. And that's everything he puts out there. Nobody knows more than Dan. Nobody feels more than Dan. Nobody's a bigger super fan than Dan. Nobody has distant relationships with their biological parents like Dan. <laughs> Everything has to be about Dan. Nobody's funnier than Dan. Nobody wears underwear like Dan. And if, like, we see an hour, and of that, Dan is, I don't know, ten minutes at best. Uh-huh. They see hours and hours and hours of this 
fucking guy, and I know why they would hate it, and this is how they get revenge. I mean, there's examples every single week, but that scene where he goes up to Shireen and he's like, I mean, it's very clear what he's trying to do. He's, A, he's thinking, all right, she's going to be a juror. I'm going to butter her up right now and look like the nice guy. So he's coming over there and he's like, I'm going to put on my act. I'm going to be the sensitive Dan guy. Okay, here it goes. Cameras, are you ready? Sensitive Dan time. I'm really sorry about last night. And then when Shireen says, which part, he's like, oh, sh**. Wasn't expecting this. Uh, you know, the part that made you cry. And then, <laughs> boom, edit switch, cut to Dan. I'm not sorry. Shireen loves playing the victim. Yeah, I mean, the smash cut alone tells you what the editors think. The musical cues really put it in. Oh, my God. Like, as if it weren't obvious enough, they're like, hey. Watch us shine this 10,000-watt spotlight on Dan. Yeah, and, like, we're predicting that Dan might actually end up helping the hero win, and Mike, and the show's still like, no, 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 get a load of this guy. God, what an ass. And it's not just the producers and the editors, it's Probst. How yes. easy was Probst last night? You know what Probst has let people get away with before on this show? Like, if you say stupid shit, Probst will, A, just let it go, and B, sometimes just back you up on your stupid shit. But with Dan, he's like, no, 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 no. I'm squashing this right here. Dan's like, oh, I'm going to be the nice guy. Oh, Rodney, I just, I feel really bad for you because, you know, you haven't had any rewards. Again, this contrived act of like, you know, I'm I'm going to work with Rodney as a juror because Rodney's going to like me. Look at me so, showing sensitivity towards him. Is like, and America is going to like me. Yes. Like, Dan walked away with that conversation with Shireen and his confessional later like, Nailed it. Yep. Nailed it. Yeah. And I think the same thing with the Rodney thing. He's like, you know, I look like a nice guy right here. I just said, oh, Rodney, I just, I feel really bad at you. I'm looking at the ground right now. It's just like, oh, I'm sad. And then Probst is like, so you want to give up your reward? Oh, oh uh, it was, <laughs> it was delicious. He's doing the Homer Simpson thing where he just backs up into the shrubbery. Yeah. Oh, it was, oh my God. I loved Probst so much. I'm like, oh my God, it can't get better. Way to go, Probst. Oh. And then it got But better. it gets better. Yes. Because we get to tribal council and Dan again is like, no, 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 Jeff. That, that's not true. Uh, you know, Shireen, it, she, other people do understand her situation. I had a terrible situation too. I was adopted. And Probst is like, so you, you also had the domestic violence then? Like, you can tell Probst is like, okay, th that wasn't your actual claim, right? Was the adoption? Like, there, there's something else here, right? N no, Jeff, I was adopted. <laughs> and Probst is like, okay, we're going to squash this right now. You're not equating those two things. And this is Jeff Probst. Not the most sensitive amongst, you know, these issues, Jeff Probst. And he was just like, no, no, this is not yes, the same, Dan. If Coach does that, I don't know that Jeff Probst yeah. steps in. Probst will let Coach go off on a story about how he was abducted by pygmies and be like, well, okay. <laughs> and then move on to the next thing. Like, nothing weird just happened. But Dan? No, 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 no. That's not going to fly. Yeah, so, no, but God bless you, editors. Uh, I mean, it, it sucks that we have to watch uh, Dan Foley. Like he he was a bust in casting. It's not. I, I think I still hold out that Rodney was good casting. He's the villain that you know they wanted. Yeah, he um, he gave them what they want, and I think he still will. 
But Dan, it's like, if we have to, then, like, let's not sugarcoat this. Let's make this guy look as bad as possible. And here's the thing. Dan doesn't believe it. When he's watching, he's still the hero in his mind because he's freaking Dan. Yeah, he's blaming the editor. It's like, oh, these jerks, how could they show these terrible things? Also, did you have the same thought I did when Dan brings up the adoptive parents thing as as being, like, <laughs> indicative of his terrible childhood? Do you think his mom and dad are sitting at home going, what the f***? No. The same reason why it's like, oh, do you think Dan's wife is embarrassed when he's... No. They know who he is. <laughs> <They're just> like... <laughs> they know what they're dealing with. It's kind of like, I think, how a lot of this cast, when they're watching, and you know, people are like, oh, I can't believe Dan did this. Like, no, 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 wait, Dan's going to do worse. Like, Dan can't not do this. And that's all it was. I, you know, what I, I think happened is Shireen kept using the term biological father, I think, you know, as a way to separate, you know, not honor that man with the title of genuine father. Right. He didn't earn the title. Yeah. And and then Dan's mind, biological. Oh, wait, I, I have a way to make this about me. <laughs> I have biological things. And just, he wasn't even listening to the rest. And, like, it doesn't even matter. It's just like... I'm not going to let Shireen have this moment because it's supposed to be me. Just like, I'm not going to let her have super fan moment. I'm not going to let her this. This season is Dan Foley's season, and I will find a way. He's a lot like you on a podcast. Uh, but but I'm right. <laughs> That's the thing. So, yeah, no. Uh, if we have to have Dan uh, keep piling it on. Like, I haven't, I don't think, I don't know if Survivor has piled on a contestant like this since Lisi in Fiji. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that's enough about Dan. Let's uh, move on to a very different type player, and that would be Tyler. Um, oh, good. Let's move on to a more bland topic. Yes. We had the, 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 the fiery topic, and now we have the granola. Um, <laughs> the vanilla hour. We, you, Neither you or I have been on Team Tyler this season. Um, obviously, he was dead to you forever as being one of the wet blankets against Shireen. Sure. But also just... And this seems to happen every season. We get fairly infuriating with prevailing fan notion that X player is good at Survivor because we have no evidence that they aren't. And that's exactly what's been happening with Tyler. I think people have looked at the power alliance of six uh, and been found wanting. Nobody really wants to give Rodney too much credit because at the end of the day, he's still Rodney. And, like, this isn't just fans. This is, like... Richard Hatch on Rob. So it's like, oh, but Tyler, he's playing a phenomenal game. It's like, where's the evidence? Yeah. Yep. We, you and I were screaming in the dark with Spencer, and Spencer was doing a lot more. It's just more like, he's not actually doing any of the things you people are saying he's doing. He yes. wants to, but his game is basically win immunities or get voted out. Um, Tyler isn't even at that. Nope. Here's what I'm going to say after last night's episode. I think Tyler actually is playing a good game in the moment. I think there, he's probably actually playing Survivor fairly well. Uh, maybe not great, but fairly well. Uh, and the evidence for this is that we've ha- now had multiple people say, hey, Tyler's the best player out here. He's the biggest threat. Obviously, some of that is Mike and Shereen just, you know, finding a target, but they wouldn't pick him if it wasn't a prevailing notion. Also, in the Ponderosa videos, we've had Haley and Jen and, you know, Joe give Tyler credit. So all of that, I think, is actually happening. So he probably actually is playing fairly decently. And if you just look at his circumstance, being teamed with people like Rodney, Dan, Will, not such a bad idea. Very Here's true. what he isn't. He's not in the damn show. <laughs> <laughs> if he was the winner of this season, we would have gotten a lot more of him. They would have constructed something for him. 
Um, they would have set him up as a, an exciting catalyst for Mike. But no, he's just lumped in with these other people, uh, most of whom are awful, and I say Tyler is not, but they're just like, he is another one of the people you're going to cheer when Mike takes him out. Yeah, and I'm not even going to let you get away with saying that he's playing a good game. I, my, my hatred for Tyler because of his previous wet blanketness is just too strong. He's playing a good game if this is like Survivor Africa 14 years ago, but I think he's behind the curve. Uh, to put it in into a an analogy that you'll understand, he's Byron Scott and the Lakers saying, no, 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 screw three-pointers. We're going to take long twos, baby. Foul often. Yeah. Those um, threes, lower percentage. This is, uh, <laughs> this is, there's an interesting contrast here between Mike and Tyler. Mike is embracing what I think modern Survivor is, and I'm talking ultra-modern, as in, you know, the past several seasons. Yeah, we might be, like, post-Kagian Survivor. might even be that modern. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, we um, could probably roll Blood versus Water in there, too. Yeah, it, it's right in that range. But it's, the game has become get before you get got, and Mike is erring on the stride of tri- striking too soon rather than too late. Tyler, on the other hand, is perfectly fine with the old school way of just letting the game come to you. Don't betray until you have to. And that would have suited him fine for probably 10 years of this show being on. I just don't think that that game still works. I want to emphasize there's a vast difference between good and great. Yes. I never (laughs) and I will never say that Tyler is playing a great game. But continue. Uh, there's actually the, the best comparison that I got is, uh, our friend Diego, actually, he threw this one out and I was like, wow, that's pretty spot on Sophie from South Pacific, because just like Sophie, Tyler's at the top of an alliance he's, that's just filled with unlikable people. And he has no interest whatsoever in making big moves. And if he makes it to the end against them, he's going to win because he doesn't suck quite as much as they do. But unlike Sophie's group. These people are going to crumble and panic at the first sign that things are going wrong, and we just got the first sign that things are going wrong. Yes, yeah, the credit I'll give Tyler is that they held. You know, they haven't they haven't broken yet. I think they will. Yeah. But again, judging they're, they're you know, this now. game, yeah, ga- judging this game as a live event, uh, yeah, as what has been constructed so far, they, you know, not him, but the rest of his group called the bluff. They haven't been tempted by the idea that Shireen is useful and he is not. Like, they should have flipped on him, you know? They should have just flipped on him without any of Mike's stuff, right? Right. And then it should have just been easy for Rodney to be like, eh, sorry, Tyler, I you weren't part of my endgame anyway. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of worked out. Again, taken from a vacuum, and where people, I think, are assigning him credit is because it's been a vacuum, right? So it's like, well, this must be what he is. And I think some of that is even true. Like, aligning with the people he's aligned with, not a bad idea. To your point, though, yeah, he is too milk toast, I think, to survive in this modern era. I think he wouldn't be if they were able to successfully take out Mike. We just don't think that's going to happen. And that's my point. It's like, I actually think he's playing a good game. My evidence is that people are saying he's playing a good game. You know, The people that are there are giving him credit. Right. That's important, right? Obviously, yeah. it makes you a target, but I think too many people are, are just terrified of being a target. And frankly, I think Tyler's one of them. Um <laughs> And then they sit there in front of Frywell Tribal Council. It's like, hey, look, you know, I didn't do, you know, like they expect to be rewarded for it because they didn't 
step on anybody's feelings or anything. And the modern juries are like, no, what did you do? You being there and me being here is an insult to me. That's right. how that's been treated lately. Yes. Um, so they are giving him credit. The people there, and maybe they are doing exactly what a lot of the viewers at home are doing. It's like, well, it can't be Rodney, right? Yeah. It's got to be Tyler. <laughs> so they're assigning, yeah, they're assigning credit to Tyler because come on. Ah. But my, my point is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Everybody who thinks that, you know, oh, Tyler's clearly the winner because he's in the dominant alliance and he's the one that's, yeah, everybody else can't win. If Tyler was our winner, he would feel like a real winner right now. Maybe it wouldn't be super obvious, right? Right. Because they still have Mike out there. It would be, a, you know, they'd set up a really exciting Mike versus Tyler angle. They would have that's planted the, the seeds at least. Yeah. This, and the, and the last night was the first time. It's a little late in the game to build up a winning male as, you know, like where Tyler came from. The story has been Mike versus Rodney. They have given Rodney all the time about this alliance, all the time of what the plans are. They show Rodney trying to take action and Tyler being, oh, let's pause that for a second. If anybody from that side is winning, is Rodney. <laughs> Even if Tyler at this point is playing a better game. Survivor will not hide it this much because it, frankly, this season would have been a lot more satisfying if they would have built Tyler up a bit. Well, to you, I guess. It, it would because one of the reasons why you don't like him is because they, he's doing nothing, right? <laughs> he's not as hateable as the other people have gotten some time. I think he's just fine and willing. To, he just sits back, right? He's just willing to let these awful people be awful because his plan is I will win against awful people. Um, they haven't been doing that. It's been. Look at this crazy Rodney. Look at this horrible Dan. Oh, yeah, Tyler's here. So I'm willing to give him credit for playing a good game right now. I'm also willing to say that it doesn't freaking matter. Yep. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Um, we asked our listeners to send us some mail. Uh, you've hinted at a couple, but uh, I think there was some we wanted to answer, right? Well, uh, yeah. We'll uh, we'll get through these pretty quick because we're running a little long tonight. But um, Diego, who I just mentioned with that Tyler and Sophie comparison sent us a question and he says, so if you're a Dan and not an idiot, how do you use it to, how do you use your two vote advantage now that you are at final seven and really only have the ability to draw on Mike and Sierra as support? Uh, I'll take the first crack at that. I think what you do is you don't fear the rock. Um, and I don't mean the guy that's in the awesome <laughs> fast and furious franchise. Him. You should be afraid of, um, yes. he will break you most of the time. Other than in Blood versus Water, it's been proven that the, t the 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 side that has the most resolve going into a tie will win. Yes, and it's the underdog side, which Dan's side would be. Yeah, it, it's it's exactly why Sierra joined up in Blood versus Water. She just happened to meet somebody in Tyson with the same amount of cojones, and, and it was also a certain number where her, Tyson's two other opponents were like, "Well, I'm not going home, so sure, let's do it." Yep. Um Usually, what'll happen is one side has will, because, and I don't mean the useless will that we hate. Then uh, <laughs> they have the greater force of will because they're in a more desperate situation, and they say, "Screw it, we're going to go to rocks." And somebody else on the other side blinks, and I think that's what would happen here if yeah. he truly, because they know he has an advantage. He doesn't know that they know, but they know. So if for one, it just goes to a straight up tie and a revote, re is Will putting himself out there to protect Tyler? Exactly, is Rodney. Like, Ro yes. yeah, Rodney is planning on voting out Tyler at some point anyway, and he should. So, yeah, if we got – all it is is go to the Final Tribal Council and you've got Sierra, uh, Mike, and um, Dan. 
Uh, that's four on four. It's a tie. One of those people are going to flip their vote, just like they, you know, just like what? Who was it? Eric in? Um, no, no, it was John Fincher. It was John Cochran. All, all the Johns. Really. <laughs> oh, I'm destined if I ever get on the show. Uh, yeah, and really, it's what I said earlier that you know everyone's fine with you know someone's going home until it's potentially them. And then you panic. You know, if if you go from a 0% chance of going home to even like a, a 20% chance, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, I did not sign up for that. Screw it. I'm flipping my vote. And that's all it's going to take. Like you said, force that 4-4 tie and then just play a game of chicken. Throw the steering wheel out the window, slam on the gas, say, all right, let's do this. Yeah. And I think what's interesting is, like, Tyler would be the target because, as I just discussed, I do think he is the biggest threat to win on the other side. Also, he's probably the biggest threat for Mike to prevent Mike from winning a certain challenge. Not that yep. Tyler is awesome, but just look around, right? Yeah. Um, only problem, is, if it was a different ty- target, Tyler would be pretty likely to flip because he's so risk-inverse. Well, hey, speaking of Tyler, we got an email about him, too. Uh, Count Bulletsjula would like to know... Do you think Tyler made the right move throwing a vote Dan's way in order to save him, save his own skin? And could that have been a secret vote split? I'm going to go ahead and take the last question for you. I feel like it might have been. What do you think? Uh, you know, what's tough for me is why Will, right? If it was yes. Carolyn, then I'd be like, oh, look, those two are simpatico. Carolyn, yep. it's, it's important for Carolyn to keep Will in or to keep Tyler in. Uh, but Will... And here's what I, what I think probably might just be a simple answer, the Occam's Racer. I believe, and I haven't been able to confirm this, but just that they were sitting next to each other in the back at Tribal Council. And Tyler leans over and whispers to him. Yeah, so as soon as Mike kind of pulls that out and does that, uh, and starts talking, because it sounds like they had no time to talk after, yeah, like they had no time to scrabble after Mike said it. Uh, from Shereen's exit interview, basically, Probst then was like, all right, lock it down. Because once they get to a certain point, they're not allowed to talk anymore. That's just a production thing. Uh, but I think as it was happening, I believe, uh, and if I'm wrong here, everybody can just tell me, but I think Tyler and Will were sitting in the back. I think they were the only people sitting in the back because they're the two tallest dudes. So he probably just would have been like, yeah, damn, damn. And that's probably all it was for, for Will. So I don't think it was a prearranged thing. I think they were caught completely unaware. The first part of the question, uh, did Tyler do the right thing? I'll say I'm not going to fault him for not sticking to the plan, so to speak. Just as we've been saying all night long, uh, it's all well and easy to say, let's call his bluff, when it's not you. <laughs> yeah, when you're next, not on the chopping block. All right, let's get to the next email. Uh, Sharkules asks, after a fallow stretch, idols are playing a big role in the game again. Do you think something has changed in how the game is played, or is that fallow period looking more and more like an aberration? We've said before that uh, idols were damn near dead, uh, but they've they've come back this season. Um, so yes, and no. I think uh, we're yeah, as always, we probably were jumping a bit to conclusions. But I mean, even if you look at this season, obviously Jen's idol worked, and Mike's idol is might be a ticket to his victory. Right. I think this actually might be the first season where a winner plays an idol to save himself or herself. Yeah, I mean it's in play certainly. But here's the thing, like uh. Every other vote's been a vote split to counteract an idol. So it's like, I think what we might, where we might be is maybe the idol is just as um, important as it should be. It's not overpowered. It's not underpowered. It has value. And I think one thing, even in those seasons where it wasn't really, you know, like 
in its intended purpose. As you say, a winner's never played an idol. Having an idol probably helped somebody like Boston Rob or somebody like uh, Kim. Well, it's it's because of the the thing that we've said all along, which is that the biggest advantage of having an idol is that you know that another person doesn't have that idol. Right, and then when people know that you have it, they're less likely to make a move. The idol still has power, but there's also ways of you know diluting its power, and maybe that's probably where it should be. All right, and let's go on to the... Oh, no, not the last question. Next to the last question. E. Rock Lee asks, Tracy from Micronesia and Christine from South Pacific both came in with a super fan label and both were important characters in their season, yet you never hear of them being asked to return. Is that a matter of ageism, that they aren't bikini babes, or are there other reasons? I think I'll take this question because I have a feeling you're going to agree with my answer. It's a good question, but it's not ageism. They suffer from the fact that, A, they finished rather poorly in their season, and the fact that they just aren't very dynamic people. And even beyond that, it's partly because their seasons weren't that great. Micronesia was, but that wasn't because of the fans. And South Pacific was one of the worst seasons ever. Uh, so there's just not a lot of clamoring to bring back people from those seasons. It's not based on their age. Like, for example, Tyler is never getting asked back again. And it's not because Tyler is a bad player or, you know, because he doesn't fit some sexy male mold. It's because he's boring as f- and we don't want to see him on our TV again. And neither do the Survivor producers. Yeah, I think it's all a mixture of those things. I think, yeah, I mean, real talk. I had to look up Christy. Uh, I didn't know who he was talking about. And she was like the third boot. That's enough of an answer. She lingered a while in the uh, Redemption Island challenges. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, I, I actually like Tracy. Uh, she might have actually been the best fan, but that's an incredibly low that's bar. very she, low bar. Both were pre-merged boots. Um, I think one of the things that might be um, forcing this question is spoiler talk for what might happen in a future season <laughs> that suggests that the bar for coming back isn't as high as it once was. And frankly, right. I, I mean... Blood versus Water and Caramon also suggested the same thing. You know, so there maybe the the ageism comes in and that the bar for being a pretty girl to come back is much lower. Uh, because, yeah, it's like, well, we cast you to fill a bikini and you did it well. There's no reason to suggest you can't again. So, right. yeah, they don't have that. You, you know, So if you're not, you know, just a super hot young girl, you have to have done more in the game. And they didn't. Or... If it's lower, maybe you could be married to somebody famous. That'll work. Mm-hmm. Or you could be from a season that people remember fondly. It's like, hey, bring back anybody. But all of those factors, uh, bad season, you know, poor finish, not easily fitting the demo that we want, or that better players than you uh, fit that demo. Uh, and final question for the evening. At Silvisual, our graphics guy, asks... What will John do with his Wednesday nights for the next few weeks? You had the perfect answer for this, and I'm going to let you give it right now. Watch Mike win Survivor. Exactly. All right, so that's our prediction for the season. But uh, let's make predictions for next week. Uh, you're on a roll, so how about you start? I mean, it certainly seems like it's going to end up being Mike, Dan, and Sierra getting the band back together, if you will. And it certainly would make sense if Dan were to use his double vote thing here. The question is, who will they target? I think Tyler is the easy choice for that. So, hey, why not second week in a row? I'll go easy choice and say Tyler. 
Yeah, I'm also going to say Tyler, because I'm never going to catch you now. Um, I think it'll be an explanation of why a player who seemingly played a good game that people are giving credit to, both, you know, on the internet and on the island, has been so underfeatured. And it's because it doesn't matter. And he's a footnote in the eventual victory story of Mike. And one of the reasons why he's a footnote is he's the first to fall. Uh, the other reason is because he's boring. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, I'm sticking with Tyler too. Uh, a couple quick questions uh, relating into pred- to predictions. If you're Mike, do you bluff playing that idol again if you don't win this week? That would be really ballsy. I'll tell you my answer, no. You could, but I don't know that it's worth the risk. Yeah. Well, that's usually the move, right? You get two weeks out of it, right? You show it and nobody wants to try you that week, and then you have to play it the next time. But he showed it already, and this group has shown a, a willingness to call his bluff. So I don't know if I'd tempt that again. And then, you know, the point you're getting at, we're predicting that this could be a tie. If you're heading into a tie and you're Mike, yeah, um, make yeah. yourself immune. Yeah, I don't want to draw a rock. Although, this has never actually been shown. I don't know if that would protect him from drawing a rock. I kind of don't think it would. An immunity necklace does. So yeah, because there's a difference. Immunity necklace means this person cannot be voted for. Right. This person is immune from votes. Right. Uh, the hidden idol means all votes cast are tossed aside. That's a good point. So if it didn't protect you from any votes there, why is it going to protect you when it comes to the rock draw? Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, so I, I don't know. If, I kind of think it doesn't, but we've obviously never seen it. Uh, yeah, I don't think you bluff it again, which is, I think, the best path for Mike would be to win immunity one more time here. Because if they don't break this week, they'll be close. And it'll be easier to make them break when they know that voting out Mike is no longer an option. I have a feeling he'll do really well in the oil rig drilling challenge this week. That's all right. So uh, how do people contact us? If you want to find us on Twitter, you can go to at Purple Rock Pod or you can tweet at Purple Rock Pod. Uh, that's usually me. Every once in a while, Andy jumps in on that. But if you want to find Andy, he is at... Andy underscore Sayers, because some guy took Andy Sayers and he's never used it. He's like a freaking egg. Oh. Yeah. Here's uh, a quick question. Uh, preview, show, Rodney saying, oh, I don't care, you know, vote, vote me out or whatever. Uh, Rodney, so I guess he's quitting next week, huh? <laughs> sure. Exactly. Uh, you know what I think that is? That could Tell be, me. um, the entire group is now worried, like, what do we do if Mike plays? He's not, we can't vote out Mike, he's gonna play his idol. What do we do? And maybe that's Rodney just be like, you know what? What's called is bluff, and if I go home, I don't care. Ballsy. I like yeah. it. And it, it it makes sense. I'm not saying that it is, but I think it's probably something as innocuous as that. Or maybe he's just, you know, he really hungry, because nobody's ever had a tougher than Rodney. Did you know that he hasn't gotten any rewards? Did you know that? I wish you would bring that up more often. Poor guy. All right. So if you're trying to email us, purplerockpodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to find our website, purplerockpodcast.wordpress.com, there is a lot of content up there. Go check it out. Yeah. And just a quick note. Uh, thank you to everybody who participated in the ultimate uh, survivor bracket. We have our winner. Um, miraculously as we were recording the podcast where i had to edit out you saying that we think we have a winner because there was like a 60 30 percent uh difference <laughs> poverty comes roaring back within like i don't know an hour and almost catches sandra but uh, her support died out once it was difficult for one person to rig it i'm not saying i'm just saying uh so our winner of our bracket was uh sandra ds twine all hailed the only two-time victor in survivor history Queen Sandra. 
And uh, I think that's about it. You guys want to listen to some theme music? That's what it's like when a woman wants a baby.